This UNA Golf U.S. Open preview with Real Golf Radio's Bob Casper is brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Black Desert Resort, and get some guns and ammo. Time to welcome in Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio. You hear him Saturday mornings here on the Zone Sports Network. With Brian Taylor talking golf every Saturday morning for three hours, he joins us now to look ahead to the U.S. Open. Bob, good morning. Hey, DJ. How you doing? Good. Not as good as you. <laughs> what percentage of major championships do you get to play the course a month or two before the major championship? Uh, there's not very many, but, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a great opportunity for us to go down to San Diego, and uh, I think we played, what, two and a half, three weeks ago, something like that, and uh, the golf course was awesome, um, getting better and better as uh, the time went on. Um, they had a lot of uh, fertilizer and stuff on the course, trying to grow up the rough and, and get, you know, get the golf course into into peak shape, and that's probably where it's at right now. Thanks for the invite. Sorry about that. I hate you. <laughs> Speaking of, hate, you wouldn't have liked it. It was it was <laughs> what you know. I played that golf course a lot of times. And uh, we played it from 6,600 yards, only a 1,000 yards shorter than where those guys are going to play it this week. So it's pretty only. Great. <laughs> only. <laughs> That's a massive uh, difference there for sure. It is, yes. So speaking of hate, this, this much has been made of this Kepka, uh, what's-his-face, DeChambeau thing uh-huh. and, and going back and forth. Uh what is your feeling on supposedly it is good for the game? Well, I think I think rivalries are good for the game. It's pretty funny how this is kind of uh, it's almost a little bit contrived, and it's right. Um, you know, and the media is is probably blown a little bit out of proportion. But you know, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny um, that uh, that Brooks Kepka last week wasn't playing, and uh, guys were guys were kind of uh given Bryson the business and stuff and 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 got tossed out of the out of the tournament um for doing it and then and then uh Brooks ended up uh giving them 50 cases of beer right so um I you know I I, I think it's I think it's kind of funny it's uh it's um it's good for the game to have rivalries and stuff and you know I think it'll it'll be what it is but um you know the guys aren't like crazy mad at each other or anything like that it's i think it's kind of a fun thing i don't need them crazy mad at each other i don't need people throwing clubs at each other or anything off the right. charts i just need them paired together in the final round of the u.s open either in the last group next to last group but in the hunt and then i just wonder how they look at each other as they get ready to putt or get ready to tee off or whatever and if that impacts Anything that happens in the tournament, because in rivalries and a lot of other sports, that adrenaline and that animosity does impact it. I mean, it's it's real. It has it. It has an an impact on the outcome. Golf's a different deal, as Quinn Snyder just said uh, in his availability last night. No one tries to block a put, a putt, you know. So it's it's a different deal. Do you think there's a level of animosity that is real and would impact the tournament if they were going head to head or in a group of three or four guys competing for the title on the back nine Sunday? Well, you know the interesting thing about golf is that you know guys put on their game face. You know, you look at Tiger Woods throughout the years. Um, I, another one is Raymond Floyd. When I was caddying for Keith Clearwater on the PGA Tour, 
1992. I remember we got in the final group. No, we were in the, we were in the, yeah, we were in the final group in the third round playing with Raymond Floyd, who went on to win the golf tournament, and we finished, uh, Keith finished second. Um, but we shook hands at the beginning of the round, and we shook hands at the end of the round, and really not much was said the rest of the way. It was the same way with Tiger Woods when he got on the golf course and he had a chance to win a golf tournament. He, you, you shake hands, you're cordial at the beginning of the round, and you go about your business. And you don't, uh, you, you don't chat or get chatty with guys and that kind of thing. That's the way they played. Um, and so I wouldn't expect anything different with um, Brooks and and Bryson, if they got paired together, I wouldn't expect that they would be chatty or talking or anything like that. Uh, they would go about their business, definitely, especially Brooks. He's, he's kind of under the mold of, uh, of a Tiger Woods or something like that. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, US, the USGA does some interesting stuff. The last time they played the U.S. Open at um, – at Torrey Pines, they they paired Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and Adam Scott, the top three players in the world at the time, together. Um, I would not be surprised if they didn't pair those two guys together. Um, they probably won't, but I would not be surprised if they did. So if the leader on Saturday tests positive for COVID, what do you think should happen? He's out. That's just what they're going to do. That's what the what the PGA tour did. And, and because of that, I think, um, uh, it's, I, I, in my opinion, I thought, I thought it was kind of, it's kind of crazy. I thought that, um, their testing, um, was interesting because they tested him. They found out through contact tracing that he was around somebody that con- contracted or, and, and had COVID. So they tested him every day. Uh, the second round did not get over till Saturday morning. They tested him Saturday morning, uh, came back positive. So they tested him again with the, they tested the sample again and it came back positive. So they tested the same sample. They, what they, in my opinion, what they should have done is tested him again after, um, after they found out it was positive, tested, tested him again to see if it was positive. And, um, um, instead of running the same test again. So um, he's been he's been quarantined. He's now had two negative tests, and he's cleared he's cleared to go. Unfortunately, he didn't uh, get to play in the final round, and he probably would have gone on to win that golf tournament. But you know, if somebody tests positive, you know there's certain protocols that are in place, and if they did po- test positive during the week, most of the guys are tested at the beginning of the week. His his was an extenuating circumstance because of the contact tracing, and he had to be tested every day. So there are a lot of people who think, oh, they should have just sent him out by himself, kept him away from everybody. What would the reaction have been from the other tour players when everybody knows the rules when the tournament starts? How would other players have reacted publicly and privately? Well, I, you know, I think, I think that's the whole point. Everybody knows the rules. Um, but in, in my opinion, if, if something like that happens and 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 you're in a final group or or something, you know, th- at at the Masters, um, at at other um, big events, 
they send out a marker with the first player. Um, there's a guy that's a member at Augusta National that plays. If there's an odd player in after they make the cut, if there's an odd player, he plays with that player um, the first group out. Well, I what's think it's say, obvious, Bob. What's that... to say that they couldn't do that in the last group? Yeah, I got you. So, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, you know, the other thing is you got to look at the guys that he played with, Colin Morikawa um, and uh, um, um, who ended up winning, uh, Patrick Cantley. So you got to look at those guys. Those guys, those guys were around in the whole time too. So what? Yeah. What's their? What's what's going to be? What they have to do, um, and and the other guys that he played with in the first two rounds, those guys can right. come down with it as well. So I get your point. Um, I I just think that I, I I don't know that that they handled it properly. Um, I think for for visual, um, I think they had to do what they had to do. But as far as the players were concerned, um, there were quite a few of them that came out and said that uh, they were a little disappointed with the way that the PGA Tour handled it. I think after Phil winning the PGA, they just get sick and tired of Sun Devils dominating. Oh, that's what it is. (laughs) It's got to be what it is, don't you think, PK? I think it's so, so, (laughs) so clear. They're probably going to come up with something on Paul Casey next. I mean, this this is getting out of hand. How many Sun Devils are on tour, seriously? I think there's five or so. And you got the Perez... Pat Perez, who I believe his father was the pro at Torrey Pines when pro when Perez was growing up, correct? Could it, it could be Pat Perez is from the San Diego yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got like Phil, as you said. You've got Xander Shoffley. Um, there's quite a few guys that uh, that that grew up in that San Diego area that are going to be really comfortable on that golfers that they play, Torrey. Any chance for the uh, ultimate feel-good story with our man, Phil, getting the career slam? He can't do it again, can he? You know, um, <laughs> Stop it, I Bob. Bob. I really don't know if he can, but I <laughs> okay. wouldn't put it past him, especially after winning the PGA Championship. I'll guarantee you, we haven't seen him since, um, and I'll guarantee you he went back home and he is grinding. He was working hard to keep things in place to, to – uh, to have a chance this week, you know, career grand slam, um, Tory Pines, hometown kid. Uh, this could be a great Disney story movie. Amy, Sophie, the there's, kids, there's you, Amanda. There, there's a huge <laughs> stop it. There's a huge youth tournament down there, and they play different age groups on different yeah, courses, right? Yep. But aren't the aren't the, like the seventeen and eighteen year old guys playing Tory Pines? And oh, so, they do. yeah. So doesn't someone like Phil have this home course knowledge? Not just not like going out there like you and Bob did and played it a thousand yards shorter, but playing it in something like a tournament setup. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you know the, that's played every year. <clears throat> I got I in fact I played in it one year. Um qualified here in the state of Utah and then uh, was able to go down and play in junior world. But uh, yes, 17 year, 18 year olds, um, you know, Phil grew up playing junior golf there in California and, and, and the San Diego area. Um, He's won on that golf course before Um, there's, he's got a lot of things going for him. So, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that he will. Um, He's like the ultra, ultra long shot, but I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't put it past him that he's ready or has an opportunity to get himself in the mix. He's sandbagging. He's going to use a second-round pick on him when we do the draft. No, I think Phil. Negative. I think Phil is automatically <laughs> belonged to me. PK. Yeah, he's automatically. I'm going be- to leave that one to PK. Right. He's my guy. I've been in his in-laws' house before they moved. Of course, <laughs> lived up the there street you from me. Uh, you've played San Hollow, haven't you? I have. Okay, four over from the whites. Is that a good score? Four from the white tees. Yeah. Yeah, that's a decent score. You bet. Thank you. <laughs> now, if you ask me if it's a great score, I'd say no, but it's a good score. Thirty-eight, thirty-eight. That's good. Yeah, good how, job. How much yardage did you save moving from the blues to the whites? Well, on the fronts, you only save about uh, less than two hundred. On the back, it's probably about four hundred. So, how many strokes is that worth, Bob? Just trying to translate. You know what he would have shot from the blues. He Ish. probably would have shot um, 80 from the Blues. Yeah. I'd take 80 from the Blues there anytime. Yeah. Anything that's single digits, I would uh, sign up on. Yeah. Especially at that course. The, the back nine is yeah. longer. The, the, the Blues is, uh, the, the Whites is only 3,000. But from the front, it's like 33. So there's not that big of a difference there in the yeah. front. Well, these guys are playing Torrey Pines at 37 and, no, 38 and almost 4,000. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's massive. <laughs> at sea level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at sea, and, and, and so the interesting thing is uh, um, I was listening to some guys talking this morning, and they were saying that when that June gloom rolls in, uh-huh. um, it, it causes the ball at, at sea level and there at the golf course causes the ball to go anywhere from five to six yards shorter. Yeah, yeah, of course. That with, makes sense. With that, with that moisture as it, as it moves in and it, and it gets a little cooler. Are they pushing it back so, the times so we get some later golf? Um, I, you know, I think they will. Uh, um, but, you know, golf is, especially major championships now, you know, you'll get an early part of the broadcast. Um, whether it's on ESPN or mm-hmm. Golf Channel or whatever, and then you'll get a later part of the broadcast as well. But you know, it's going to finish. It's going to finish around probably um, California time. You know, it's going to finish in prime time East Coast. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be probably around a five thirty end, five thirty finish, six o'clock finish. Oh, really? I thought it might yeah. even be later than that. It could be. It could be. I know Augusta finishes at around 7 p.m. Eastern time. Right. Uh, but around, you, yeah, but yeah. You, you got the advantage on the West Coast of finishing up. You know, there's plenty of sunlight at 7 o'clock in oh, yeah. San Diego, oh, yeah. which means yeah. you could finish at – it would be 8 o'clock here to PK's point and 10 o'clock in the East, prime time getting much bigger ratings. Right. You bet. And you know what the bad part – you know what the bummer part is is – you know, we've only got one more major championship after this one this week, and that's the the British Open. But then uh, um, we've got in September we've got the Ryder Cup. So um, you know, it's there's going to be some exciting weeks coming up uh, in 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 the game of golf. There's uh, you know the Tour Championship and the playoffs. Those things coming up coming up. But golf seasons, you know, we're we're in June right now, mid June right now, and by uh, 
you know, mid to later September, um, golf season is going to be over uh, for this year, and we're going to be starting back up again in October for the next year. Circle of golf. Yep. <laughs> it's good stuff. I feel like i got to sing a Disney song now. <laughs> All right, Bob, we will talk to you again in a couple days, and we will do the draft, and uh, PK will introduce new rules because it's been winner-take-all, and uh, if we don't pick a winner, PK still wants to have a winner between us. So I don't know oh, what okay. crazy rules he's going to cook up, but there's something coming. Okay, sounds good. All right, thanks, Bob. Bob Casper, right, Brian Taylor, Saturday mornings, Real Golf Radio, right here on the Zone Sports Network from 6 to 9 a.m., and they'll be joining us all week long on every show. Let's give away a golfer right now. You know how this works. We do it during every major championship. It is time for the Uinta Golf U.S. Open giveaway. Caller 12 right now, you'll be assigned a top 25 player in the world. One caller will be assigned the field. Who are we playing for right now, Yak? I'll give you your choice. We got two guys we can go between here. Nope, just pick one. You can one pick one. Okay. Do it. You're in charge. Victor Hovland. There it is. If your player wins, Victor Hovland in this case, you'll receive a Callaway staff bag. It's brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971. If you don't win now, stay tuned. Every show, all day, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, giving away golfers and the field. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Qualify for the Uinta Golf U.S. Open giveaway right now.